Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 18th of May. Pressure is growing on the Prime Minister to set a timeline on when Australia's international borders will reopen. Scott Morrison has refused to lock in a date, saying the arrangements will remain in place until it's safe to do anything different and any changes would happen on a sliding scale. But the AMA is joining calls for an exact time frame, with President Dr Omar Khorshid telling the ABC it will also motivate more Australians to get vaccinated. But I do support setting a time because that's going to give us all the motivation to go out and get that vaccine. Whereas if it's some indeterminate point in the future when everyone's vaccinated, it really doesn't give that vaccination program the push it needs uh, to make sure it's complete. Meantime, the boss of Virgin Australia says our nation will be left behind if we don't reopen our international borders. The airline CEO, Jane Hurdlicker, says the government needs to change its strategy to resume overseas travel, even if it means COVID infiltrates the community, adding some people may die, but it will be smaller than the flu. Virgin Australia later issued a statement after its boss's controversial comments saying it will continue to work closely with both state and federal governments to support the health and safety of Australians. Also making news today, there are reports fully vaccinated Aussies could be given special exemptions from restrictions to travel domestically in a bid to boost our local economy. Here is Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt. Where there are uh, outbreaks or Uh, issues relating to uh, state borders, uh, that uh, there is the potential uh, for those that have been fully vaccinated uh, to be exempt from some of those restrictions. Overseas now, and as restrictions continue to ease across the UK, the number of cases of the Indian strain of the virus has increased by more than 75% since last week. The new variant is set to become the dominant strain in the UK over the next few days. Here is UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock on Sky News. The metaphor the Prime Minister uses is the right one. We're in a race between the vaccination programme and the virus, and this new variant has given the virus some extra legs in that race. Uh, but the vaccine will still, uh, we have a high degree of confidence that the vaccine uh, will overcome. It comes as health authorities in Singapore are warning the new variants of COVID are affecting more children than past strains. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in WA this morning and the boss of Perth Children's Hospital has vowed to bring about change after the tragic death of a seven-year-old girl. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. Tash, the report has been described as confronting. It outlines in detail the failed treatment of Ashwarya Ashwath after she presented at the emergency department on April 3. She waited two hours in the ED. The report concluding there was a cascade of missed opportunities to address parental concerns and incomplete assessments. There were also multiple warning signs for bacterial infection, the seven-year-old died from strep A. Perth Children's Hospital CEO Aresh Anwar has vowed to improve the system. If any of us could turn the clock back, I, I tell you, we would do it in a heartbeat. Some emergency department staff who were working that night have now been moved elsewhere. An independent inquiry and a coronial investigation will also look into the little girl's death. 
And two Victoria and Federal Police have arrested a man after an international operation to stamp out child sex abuse. Authorities say their investigation led them to the 68-year-old earlier this year and he is now being charged. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, the breakthrough has also led to interventions by authorities in the Philippines. Thankfully, that's true, Tash. Six girls and eight boys, some as young as two years old and aged up to 17, have now been rescued and placed into the care of social welfare agencies. The information from our federal police also led to the arrest of three women and a man in the Philippines for their alleged roles as facilitators for online child abuse. Since 2019, the Philippine Internet Crimes Against Children Centre has rescued 386 victims and seen 88 people charged. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. An interesting new report is showing early super withdrawals have cost a staggering $4.7 billion in lost returns. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Good morning. It was a report released just yesterday by the McKell Institute, and it actually shows how much interest Aussies have missed out by accessing their super early under the COVID-19 early release. Now, $36.4 billion was withdrawn, and in total, they worked out that would have grown to $41.1 billion if left in Australia's largest super funds. And that's where you get that figure you mentioned of $4.7 billion in foregone retirement savings. Now, individually, a $20,000 withdrawal represents a loss of just over $3,100 of additional savings. And McKell Institute says another way of kind of conceptualising these early withdrawals is that these individuals have taken out, say, a credit card of around 15% interest. And in order to restore this money, they're saying to their super funds in 2021, they'll have to make voluntary contributions that's 15.8% higher than the amount they withdrew it at. Now, Tash, there is some good news here. There are ways you can, of course, catch up. And if your budget allows, I'd say consider salary sacrificing. It's a tax-effective way to boost your balance. And from July 1, the concessional contribution cap is being increased from $25,000 a year to $27,500. But if money's tight to mention, then have a look at cashback sites that top up your super. Every time you shop, whether you're getting the groceries or buying shoes, you'll get cash rewards paid into your super account. And also this morning, some interesting news from Uber. It's launching a new membership program this morning. Tell us about that. And is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that's the key. Look, if you're an avid user, I guess, of Uber Eats or Uber Rides, then you probably think this is the best news since, I don't know what, friends announced their reunion or something like that. <laughs> Look, today, ride-sharing giant Uber will launch its membership program, Uber Pass. And it combines both Uber Eats and Uber Drive under the one program. Okay, it's going to cost you $14.99 per month. The discounts include 10% off rides, zero delivery fees from select restaurants. There's got to be a $20 minimum basket. Zero delivery fees from groceries and convenience stores and exclusive membership perks. I believe there's a $20 grocery voucher is going to kick off this launch. Service fees still apply. Now, about 10% of Aussies will see this app happening at 8am this morning. The rest will have access by Friday. Now, look, Tash, while I'm always up for a discount, it's really important here to understand that subscription services can play havoc on your budget if you're not careful. Remember, to get these savings, you're going to to have to spend. So in this case, you need to spend $150 on Uber rides each month to cover your $15 membership fee or order at least three meals per month to break even on the membership fee. Too many subscriptions, too many details. Thanks, Effie. (laughs) 
Thanks. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, Peter Volandes is making no apologies for cracking down on head-high contact in the NRL. Yes, good morning, Tash. It certainly dominated Magic Round, a record 24 charges laid by the Match Review Committee. We had so many send-offs and sin bins. So following through on that promise to crack down on contact above the shoulders, trying to protect the long-term health of players, according to Peter Volandes. If you want rugby league in 10 years or 15 years, you can't have incidences like happened on the weekend. Concussion is the biggest issue ever to face the game other than COVID. Now, a former NRL enforcer in Mark Guy is in favour of protecting the head, but has warned not to go too far with some of these changes. The reason a lot of us play in the league, the reason a lot of us watch rugby leagues because it's so different to any other game. It's gladiators, you know, one-on-one. Mm. It's, it's, and we can't take that away. Now, four Dragons players alone have caught bans from their Magic Round loss to the Storm. They could have just 17 fit players to choose from against the Sharks on Friday night. Matt Dufty is out. Andrew McCulloch uh, is uh, is also in doubt with the concussion as well, Tash. So uh, St George looking a little bit thin this weekend. And Cricket Australia has reached out to Cameron Bancroft after new claims about the ball tampering scandal, Brett. Yes, the former Aussie opener spoke to England's Guardian newspaper and seemed to hint that some of the bowlers knew about the plot to use sandpaper to rough up the ball at that infamous test in Cape Town back in 2018 that we haven't really seen Cameron Bancroft since, have we, in the test side. He didn't uh, reveal any names, but other members of the tour were, of course, cleared of any wrongdoing. Cricket Australia's Ben Oliver says that they are yet to receive a response. We've reached out to Cameron to extend that invitation to him or remind him about that opportunity if he does have any new information in addition to what his input was into the original investigation that there is an avenue for him to do that. Um, and so that, that contact has been made. It just doesn't seem to go away, that story, and I'm not sure it ever will. No, it shouldn't go away. Uh, the Demons also, they're confident of keeping one of their promising young talents, Brett. Yeah, Sam Wiedemann, their young key forward, uh, couldn't break into the senior side until round nine against the Blues. He'd had strong form in the VFL, is out of contract at the end of the season, but his coach Simon Goodwin says that he has a big future. Incredibly confident that Sam will be at our, our footy club. I think he knows himself. You now he's a core ingredient to our football club, and he also knows that his pre-season was outstanding. He got injured at the wrong time. He missed eight weeks. Everything going right for the D's. You'd back them to keep uh, one of their promising young talents, as you said. History in the making. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. And we've been given a glimpse at the new television project from Oprah and Prince Harry. The docu-series called The Me You Can't See features several celebrities, including Lady Gaga and Glenn Close, talking about their mental health battles. In the two-minute promo, footage shows Oprah breaking down in tears and a young Harry standing behind his mother, Princess Diana's coffin. To make that decision to receive help is not a sign of weakness. In today's world, more than ever, it is a sign of strength. The docu-series will be out on Friday on Apple TV. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today, with Steve Price by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.